Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, 20 through 26. Hear the words of the Gospel. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on the account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you received your consultation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what the ancestors did to the false prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So now that I'm a dad, I have decided to take on this role in its fullness by doing what every dad does and watching the news every day. That's my favorite pastime, pastime now. As a parent, I need to know all of the things in this world, all the potential troubles and challenges my kiddos may face one day. But boy, is watching the news discouraging. There are a lot of crazy things going on out there. Let me just tell you, friends, things are tragic. There are shootings still happening, budget crises, people of color being thrown out of businesses for no apparent reason, and women still continuing to speak out about harassment, and rightfully so. There is so much turmoil, and it's out of hand. But out of all of the bad news, there was some good news this week. For instance, over in England, Prince William and Kate Middleton welcomed home a new baby. Prince Louis um, was born earlier this week on Monday, and he is now fifth in line to the royal throne. Now, I was fascinated because this baby literally did nothing and was the center of the news worldwide for a whole five days. Now, maybe I'm a little jealous, but seriously, there were people lined up outside waiting to see this baby come out. I thought, how nice would it be to be born of such a great family with great wealth, great privilege, and a high status, that you'll literally never have to worry about another thing in life. How nice would it be to be so lucky to inherit such a great name and security for the whole of our lives? Yet, as I start to think, I thought about our scripture where Jesus tells his disciples by living the exact opposite, they inherit God's kingdom, which is a little more important. Now, in no way am I trying to imply that the royal family should be condemned or are they living on the opposite side of Christ's teachings, and we'll get to that later, 
But what I am saying is that in our lives, there's a great disconnect between how we want to live and how Christ calls us to live. Before our text, Jesus is found standing with his disciples and a large number of people from all over the place gathers to hear Jesus speak and to be cleared of their diseases. Keep in mind, through this, Jesus is trying to identify and develop a new world with new behaviors. Jesus grounds this new world in a scriptural affirmation of God's mercy on God's people, which is why so many people hated him. Jesus had a history of turning societal structures upside down and challenging our perspectives. Jesus' teachings are scandalous because they overturn conventional expectations. The scandal of Jesus' ministry was associated with him being associated with the outcast, the poor, the hungry, the sick. And in our scripture, Jesus pronounces God's blessing on all of these people. God's presence advocates and it redeems and it works among the poor, as Jesus describes. This is consistent with the prophetic call for justice and for those who are pushed on the outside. So the Beatitudes declare God's favor on the poor, the hungry, those who weep, those who are hated. These are the people that we consider unlikely to inherit God's kingdom. And in that same token, we see the woes declared that the people that are prospering now will be judged. For the most part, this is a text that's hard for us to accept. In fact, it's always been hard for us to accept. Back in the beginning, at the beginning of construction, some decided to change the wording in Matthew of the Beatitudes to bless are those who are poor in spirit. So often we run to the Gospel of Matthew to feel less guilty about how we live our lives today. Clearly, Jesus is talking about the poor in spirit because if not, that means he's talking to us. That's what people think. But as uncomfortable as it may be, the Gospel of Luke gives us the opportunity to examine our hearts in a deeper way. At first glance, this passage seems to critique those who have an abundance of resources. But there are two things we need to know about Luke before we make those assumptions. The first thing is that we should consider the text, um, the context of when the book was written. In this time, there was a lot of poverty. Many people were poor and oppressed, and they looked for comfort in knowing that their treasures are beyond this world, and what happens in this life doesn't matter. They were looking for that comfort. And the second thing to know about Luke is that Luke talks about the dangers of wealth more than any other gospel. Again, this provides comfort and security to all those who feel oppressed and experience social economic injustices. Luke isn't really saying that those 
with wealth and privilege and status should just give it all up. It's not about how much we have. It's about how we use those resources for the benefit of the kingdom. And Luke's society, just like ours, we tend to forget about God and God's work when we have resources that are overflowing and abundant. It's hard to stay tuned with the mission when we have all of our needs met for these things distract us. My grandma would always say, well, you can have it here on earth, but you can't take it into heaven. She swore by Luke. We get so caught up in our desire for fame and money and a high status or even a good legacy that these things cloud our mind and we have yet to realize that our treasures are stored in heaven and not here on earth. Being caught up in our privilege and our power often damages the kingdom of God. It causes us to neglect the needs of others. And when we neglect the poor, the weeping, the sick, the hungry, we neglect Christ who calls us to serve and not to be served. Think about the story of Zacchaeus. We all have the opportunity to, um, to correct our mistakes. We all know the story of this wealthy tax collector who went around grabbing all the money from all of the people um, in different, different communities. And after encountering Jesus, Zacchaeus realized that his downfalls were great. And from that point on, he began to do as Christ called us. He began to distribute some of his wealth and resources among all those in need. It wasn't the fact that he had a lot of resources. It was the fact that he was neglecting taking care of his neighbor. Through this, those needs and those people in need, they got to experience the fullness of God's kingdom. So as we begin to close, I want to leave you with just a couple of things. We may not get it. We may not understand. But Christ does, in fact, change our perspective. He challenges our views on the world. But more importantly, he challenges the views that we have on ourselves. What our world considers to be blessed, Jesus turns upside down. Despite all the changes and difficulties uh, we face, remember, we belong to something far greater than this world. And the second thing is this. It's not about what we have. And it's about how we use our resources to benefit the kingdom. I don't think Luke, or Christ for that matter, hates those who have an abundance. Yet we have the opportunity to share those extra resources and extra gifts from God to help others who need to experience Christ's fullness. And that is the role of a true disciple. As a Christian, we are called to be representatives of the kingdom of God, and we live that out through practicing Christ's teachings. We have the opportunity to share the fullness of God's kingdom with all we encounter. May we live as the unlikely inheritors 
of Christ's kingdom so that all, so that all may experience God's presence within us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.